Hello friends and welcome to session two of our question and answers with Student Ministries. Um, and this has been so fun uh, being able to read some of you guys' questions and get getting to see how you're wrestling and how you're processing through some of this season or, or even some of these wrestles uh, of faith. And I want to encourage you, uh, you know, Christianity um, beautifully is, is a religion that wrestles with the Lord. Um, we, we go back to, to Genesis, I believe it's 32, where we have a story of Jacob wrestling with God at the river of Jabbok. And, and the reality is, like, as a product of his wrestling, uh, his name is renamed to Israel, and Christianity is born out of the root of Israel. So um, we, we are hoping and we are praying um, in doing this um, that you are seeing that that God grants permission to wrestle with him. God grants permission uh, to ask questions uh, and to realize that God is not intimidated by our questions. Um, and though we might not have all the answers, and the reality is we do not have all the answers, we, uh, we serve and we submit to the God who does. Um, so that being said, we're going we're gonna to tackle the, the all too uh, present and relevant, especially now, question today of, of suffering and pain and, and why does God kind of allow you know, some difficult things to happen in the world to people, good people, bad people, uh, however it goes. So, Pastor Chase, I want to kind of open this up with kicking this question to you. Um, we had a student ask, you know, why do some people suffer more than others or why do people have to suffer in general? So, yeah. just some of your thoughts yeah. on that. Um, there's one we'll never be able to get a full satisfactory answer. Yeah. People are always going to ask this question and they're always going to combat an answer that's been given. So what we can do is we can offer up thoughts and we can offer up petitions to God, yeah. um, but his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Yeah. That's a really big thing to understand. And more so instead of going like philosophical on this point, I want to talk more about a story. There was this young girl I was reading in the paper a long time ago. There was this young girl who couldn't feel any pain, mm. aka couldn't feel suffering. And every night, her mom, without her knowing, would pray that she would feel pain. And at first, when I read that, I was like, what the heck? Why would a parent want their child to feel pain? Yeah. That does not make sense to me. But then I continued reading the story, and I realized that because this little girl couldn't feel pain, if she stepped on a nail and her mom didn't see it happen, it could go hours and hours and hours without being taken care yeah. of, lots of blood being lost or an infection setting in, or if she was cooking with her mom and had her hand or elbow on the stove, she couldn't feel it. Yeah. Or if she was out in the sun for a long period of time and got a massive sunburn, mm -hmm. she wouldn't know when to come in and get really bad skin issues. And, all, and then I started realizing that pain is actually a good thing. And I know that that sounds really awful, like, Pastor Chase, you're just insensitive. No, it's true. Mm. If I couldn't feel pain or if my child couldn't feel pain, I would pray that they would feel pain in order that they know what's wrong. Mm. And I think a little bit in a small sliver of reality is that suffering in the world is the pain to the body of humanity. Yeah. It yeah. lets us understand that something is wrong. And yeah. that... It question comes right into Genesis 3. Well, what's mm -hmm. wrong with the world? Sin. Yeah. Sin is wrong with the world. That's what we have to ask the question is, oh, why suffering? No, no, no. Let's pause. Instead of why does God allow suffering, we have to first ask why suffering? Yeah. And why so suffering good. is that there's sin in the world and we're responsible for that sin. Yeah. And I don't know why other people suffer more than others. And that's what we as Christians spend our lives doing. That's why you see people like... Um, 
Samaritan's Purse and all of these different ministries mm -hmm. going to try and relieve suffering mm -hmm. because Christianity gives the ability to not just say why does suffering exist, but now how do we mend it? How yeah. do we care for it? Yeah, I absolutely love that. I think, I think so often we get caught on this question of why, why, why. And what you alluded to there, Pastor Chase, was you know absolutely correct. We go back to, to Genesis 3, where when we look at death, when we look at suffering, we look at sickness, we look at a global pandemic, and what we are seeing is the product of a fallen world. We are seeing the product of, of what sin does, not just to humanity, but to all of creation. Um, and so I think when we begin to ask this question, I, I think the, the primary wrestle people can have is, is, well, why doesn't God do something about it? If God loved us, if God cared, why doesn't he do something about it? And the answer to that question um, is, is plain and simple in God's word. God does care about it, and his answer and his response to it is the person of Jesus Christ. Amen. The person of Jesus Christ. And so we can sit here and say, well, what does God have to say about our sin, and what is he going, what is he going to do? Yeah. He's going to send his one and only son. He's going to send himself to be the remedy for all of humanity. And I think when, when, we, when we begin to, to parse that out, when we begin, we begin to see not a God who does not care and a heartless God, but we see a kind and compassionate and caring, and as you just yeah. said, just a response and a mending yeah. to the brokenness and to the suffering. Now, we can ask the question, well, if that's the case, then why aren't all things good now? Why are we going through a global pandemic yeah. right now and everything's shut down and the economy's crashing and people are losing their jobs? Why, why is this taking place? And again, we have to go back to Isaiah 55, what Pastor Chase just quoted there. There's a place where the, the people of God have to say, you know what, God in his infinite wisdom has decided not to give us the, the byproducts of all the redemption all at once, to where we don't experience death or sin or brokenness anymore. But in fact, what he has called the people of God to do right now is be his voice of that message of hope and the remedy to the world right now so that they can see despite the fact that there is brokenness and pain our creator has provided a solution Amen. now we do get we are brought to the question often and scripture does uh, spend a, a quite a bit amount of time tackling why do we suffer and like pastor chase said there we, we can't really always know or know the extent of the reasons for why we suffer and that story was a beautiful story pastor chase and i think we can offer uh, uh, relatively some some macro or some thirty thousand foot reasons for for why at times people do suffer now i just want to give you five quick suggestions and then we'll move forward here you know the first reason why i think some people uh, uh, you, you suffer and enter with suffering is because is God is utilizing it as a means to call people to repentance. Mm. Um, so many a times we we reap the consequences of our sin. You know, so if, if I'm going to spend a lifetime indulging myself into fast food and I'm going to grow to be 5,000 pounds, I don't know, and, and have so many, you know, uh, uh, things wrong with the body that God has given me, um, God uses the consequences of my sin to reveal that he has a better way for my life. Yeah. And it's not just to say, okay, God is better, but it's actually to, to change my lifestyle yeah. and, and to 180 take a shift and bring me back to a place of, of holiness. So, so one reason I think the Lord allows suffering in our lives is, is to call us to repentance. The second thing uh, would be reliance. Amen. I think in many ways the Lord utilizes suffering in order for us to realize we need 
him. Amen. We need him. We, we, we were created to need him. And, and, and to, to realize that, to say, you know what? I am not sufficient in and of myself. And it takes my weakness. It takes the brokenness of creation to remind me that this isn't how I was intended to live. Yeah. I was intended to live in perfect unity with our creator. Third reason is for righteousness. The Lord uses suffering uh, to produce in us godly and holy people. Um, in, in his word, in Hebrews, it says, the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. He disciplines us for our good that we might share in his holiness. So I think that there is a reality for us to say, he, in the same way that a father, because he loves his children, disciplines them in order to make them uh, see that he loves them, God does the same thing with us. Reason number four is there's a reward in it. Uh, in Corinthians, Paul says that this light and momentary affliction, oh, this, this reality of brokenness that we are, are feeling right now, is working for us an eternal weight of glory. Amen. And so so there's a reality that, that what the, the suffering that we are feeling right now, and in fact, for the redeemed people of God, is producing something that we are going to experience, not on this side of heaven, but on the other side, that is going to be absolutely beautiful. And finally, I believe that uh, the Lord allows suffering um, in many ways and at many times to remind us of who our God is. And this is again going back to that reliance piece yeah. that we are not sufficient in and of ourselves. It's to remind us of his goodness and his faithfulness. Um, so that being said, Pastor yeah. Chase, there's a lot of things that kind of get circled then into yeah. this question. And uh, one of the questions that our students asked here was, how do you how do you deal with bitterness then towards the Lord? Um, it's especially looking at where we are right now, where the the state of the world is right now. How do you wrestle personally with mm. when when God has done something or hasn't responded to a situation in which you felt He should have? How do you process that out? How do you deal with disappointment yeah. with the Lord and, yeah. and not feeling like he's meeting or, or living up to the expectation you have Man. of him? Those are real questions that's good. So we can't just give you like a, here's a five-step proven plan to yeah. you know, get free. That's not how Christianity works. It's a long obedience in the same direction. Yeah. It's um, pressing on to knowing the Lord. And if you think about it kind of in football terms, pressing on to know the Lord, Hosea 6.3 said, let us, let us know. Let us press on to yeah. know the Lord. When two linemen go at it, they're pressing on to get to the goal of where they want to go. Yeah. And sometimes we feel like God is fighting against us, but he's a good father. He's fighting for us. Mm. So in Matthew chapter 5, it says, You've heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. Sometimes we can get it in our fallen mind that God is our enemy. And so not... He's not our enemy, but sometimes our mind and our heart needs to treat him as such in this advice. In a sense, we need to pray the way God teaches us to pray yeah. for the sake of our heart. Yeah. Bitterness is a result of letting our heart soak in sin mm. and letting our heart actually be removed from the wellspring of life that is Jesus and the word mm, and so be good. sat in somewhere so else good. murky. Like if I take a sponge and soak it in motor oil and a moment of pressure comes and I squeeze it, what's going to happen? Motor oil is going to come out. Yeah. But if I soak it in pure Rocky Mountain water and mm -hmm. I squeeze it, that water is going to come out. And if we notice Jesus on the cross, yeah, when he was so being good. murdered, he was being killed. He had suffering, right? Jesus, God does not just look at our suffering. He suffers with us. Yeah. 
when he was being murdered, aka a moment of pressure, you know what came out of him? Not hate, not bitterness, but said, Father, forgive them. Yeah. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah. So when we're angry and we're bitter toward God, I always turn to the Psalms. Mm -hmm. And I actually turn them into prayer. Because it says that Jesus is constantly living as an intercessor for us, meaning yeah. that he's continually praying. So why not pray what he's praying? And if all scripture is breathed out by God and useful for teaching, correcting, and rebuking, and training my heart in righteousness, well, I'm going to go turn to the Psalms and pray them. Like if I'm feeling weary, I'm going to turn to Psalm 16 and says, preserve me, O God, for yeah. in you I take refuge. And yeah. I might turn that into a prayer in that moment. God, I need you to preserve me. God, I know that you are my only good. It says, mm -hmm. And then it skips down, as for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones, in whom is all my delight. God, give me friends around me that will encourage me. Teach me, God, how to be a friend who will delight in the body of Christ. And that starts us on the journey of moving our heart from the murky sin yeah. and putting it into Jesus. Yeah. Now, some of us think, well, I don't want to pray to God if I'm bitter toward him. Mm -hmm. And you're never going to take a heart that's hard and soften it. Yeah. Yeah. We have to let God move in, in us. If we actually want God to be our friend, we have to treat him as such. Even if our heart is hard toward him now, we need to move toward him. Yeah, yeah. I love what you're saying there, Pastor Chase. And I, I think the beautiful response to that is even in God's word, so you go to the Psalms, we have an entire book that gives permission to the people of God to wrestle out our bitterness, our yeah. disappointment, our discontentment, our questioning with the Lord. Like the, 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 this very book gives us an ability to say, God, like I'm angry at you. Yeah. I'm wrestling with you. I don't understand you. I, I, I don't know why you are doing this. And yet, despite the fact that I don't, I'm going to trust in your character. I'm going to trust in your unfailing love. I'm going to trust in your faithfulness. Yeah. So as you wrestle with disappointment, you go, how do I process this out? The, the most sincere answer I, or I think anybody could give you is be sincere before the Lord. Be as honest and vulnerable as you can with him. He is not looking for a bunch of robots who are, who are simply just trying to look blindly and go, you know what? I'm, I'm wrestling with this, but it's not okay to, to tell the Lord I'm wrestling. No. He knows that you're wrestling with yeah. it. And in fact, he loves you enough that he's entered into that wrestle with you. And again, Christ on the cross is our proof to that. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's the end of our session too, guys. We love you. We are praying for you. We pray that the Lord would bless you Come and on. keep you and make his face shine upon you. Let his yeah. presence go with you everywhere you Amen. go. We love you. Continue to wrestle. Continue to lean in. We yeah. will see you next time. God bless. Take care, guys.